The following trailer is not suitable for young children. Listener discretion is advised. From the creators of such smash hits as... Honey, what are you doing in there with the door closed? Mom, I'm recording my podcast! <sighs> From the producer of the internationally acclaimed... Alex, are you masturbating again? I'm not masturbating, I'm narrating. Seriously, you get caught masturbating one time. Honey, it's, it's okay. It's natural. Everyone does it. Even your father and I do it. Sometimes together. Mom! When you're done, I, I made you a sandwich. Oh, dear God. It's tuna fish! I thought you could use some protein. All right. <sighs> All right, where was I? Oh, right. My name is Alex Coffey. I'm an actor, a filmmaker, and now a podcaster. And this is Dirty Detectives. That's what you're calling it? Dirty Detectives? I've got nothing to say to your stupid public access show. Uh, it's a podcast? And where were you on the night of April 3rd? This is a story about love. I loved her. Betrayal. No! And one more slightly important thing. The only thing was... Abigail's total price was $18,750 plus tax and shipping. Abigail wasn't a person... Abigail was a sex doll. Are you serious? Okay, so you just had sex with your puppet. That's gross. Holy shit, what an asshole. Dirty Detectives, the story of Lincoln Bracegirdle and his missing girlfriend, Abigail, who happens to be a sex doll and was probably kidnapped. Debuting February 17th, 2021 on wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to murder that subscribe button so you'll get each episode fresh. For more information, visit DirtyDetectives.com, and we'll see you on February 17th for the debut. There was no sign of her. She had, pardon the phrase, up and vanished. Hey guys, welcome to episode 8 of Unethical Podcast. In 2017, though, that's bonkers! Our guest host for this episode is Tyler Fortin, and today we will be discussing part one of the Tess Ritchie case. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. Are we gonna? Are we gonna do the like? Uh, nah, I'm just gonna go. Uh, so today is the first episode that I wrote all by myself, like a big boy. Are you guys proud of me? No. Okay. Yes. No. Not really. All right. Well, I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a page from Celeste's book off the top here. I'm gonna ask you guys a question. What do you guys think of the police? So hot.
<sighs> so hot. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> the uniform. The uniform. Uh, no, honestly, I, I, I like the police. Me too. Yeah. I used to manage this horrible apartment building and I dealt with the police like every single day. And honestly, they were always super nice and super like like polite to me having to get up at 3 a.m. because some fuckhead was like smoking dope and like pissing off their balcony or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've never had a problem with them. I've never had run-ins with the police. So as far as I like personally, I'm concerned. I don't have a problem with them. And most of them I have to have dealt with have been nice and polite. Okay. It's pretty good. What do you th- what do you about you, Tally? I feel like you have a story. Um, well, I never had to call them um, myself, but uh, you know, I usually just jump into action if someone's like in trouble. Like I had to give the Heimlich maneuver one time at a festival. Tell me about the the time. Um. Well, I was at a festival and I watched a girl. Well, I was just sitting on the other side of the fire from her. I didn't know who she was, but I watched her eat one of those moonshine cherries, which is just maraschino cherries soaked in Everclear. Um, and like as soon as as soon as it went into her mouth, her eyes just went wide. So I was like, oh, that looks uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll go see what's up. So I just like stood up from my camping chair and just like shuffled over to her, like side shuffled over to her. And I'm like, hey, are you choking? <laughs> <laughs> And she, she didn't answer me, so I just walked away. <laughs> what a rude bitch. <laughs> she, she was a real hag. <laughs> oh, but then her hands went up to her throat, you know, doing the universal sign of I'm choking. So I was like, oh, it's okay. It's all right. I got you. Put your hands at your sides for me, dear. I got you. It's fine. And just like, I think it was two pumps and it popped out into the fire. And I'm like, yeah, let it burn. Nice work. Thanks. Good she was you. like, thank you. Uh-huh. I'm so glad someone noticed, but it took you a while to react. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's super funny. Okay. Well, okay. Let me ask you a follow-up question and then I'll get right into it. Have you guys ever had to use the police in any type of manner where uh, it was an emergency? I've had to call them a couple of times at like accidents and stuff, but that's it. Yeah. Nothing really. Nothing to do with you? Just other people kind of helping them. Emergency. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Just like, hey, there's. A- Interesting. Celeste, you probably had to call the cops in a for something negative before, like in a. Well, when I managed the apartment building, there was one, um, the, a woman's ex boyfriend who she just escaped from showed up at the uh, apartment building, and uh, he pulled the fire alarm to try to get everybody to rush out. And then when that didn't work, he just started going up and down and trying to open the doors one by one. And then I had to call the That's cops for that. That's sketch. Yeah, that's that's sketch. Because they were like, yeah. "You come down and let us in," and I'm like, "He's in the hallways. Fuck off! I'm not gonna come let you in." <laughs> <Is> the buzzer. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Well, let me tell you guys a story. Okay. So when I was about 20 years old, uh, I'd already been in college for radio, uh, but I dropped out of radio because I didn't like it. All I wanted to do was stand up, uh, but honestly, I was too filled with anxiety to go for it at that time. So instead, I moved back to my hometown and started partying hard. Uh, one night, there was a party at my apartment, and it was a huge party. It was one of those giant parties where, like, both floors of my house were, like, elbow to elbow with people. We can't do that anymore, but it used to happen. And at this huge party uh, that had gotten out of my control, a fight broke loose. Uh, it was not me in the fight, okay? I was not in a fight. 
Uh, there were others in a fight at my house. Uh, I just saw the aftermath of a guy who was way too drunk with a face that looked like ground beef. Uh, he was fucked up. I'm telling you, he got punched out. Uh, after that fight, Hamburger Face and his buddies tucked their tails and left my house. And I thought that was the end of it. But the next night slash early morning at about 5 a.m., uh, he and his friends, I assume, because I didn't really see, broke into my house and proceeded to beat my ass to oblivion. Uh, I was laying down in bed when they started beating me. So I woke up to getting boot fucked. All right. I blocked with my arm and they broke my ulna in the process. And if you guys don't know what the ulna is, that's the bone on the outside of your forearm. Uh, imagine blocking your face with your arm, that bone. Okay. Uh, I have steel plates in my arm now. Uh, my face was fucked up more than anyone I'd ever seen in real life. There was blood everywhere. Uh, by the time they left broken rib, broken arm. Uh, my roommate slept through the whole thing. Uh, drugs are bad. Nice roommate. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. Drugs are bad. Yeah. Drugs are bad. So my neighbor slept through the whole thing, uh, or sorry, my roommate slept through the whole thing. And at 5 30 AM, I crawled to my newly acquired gadget, the cell phone and called 911. That's how old I am. That was my first cell phone. I remember having it. So I told them the story and they let me off the phone. They showed up at 6.30 a.m. That's one hour later. I was known as maybe a, too much of a party animal or something. If that would have been like old Mabel getting broken into a 5.30 in the morning, they would have showed up. Uh, and I imagine there are very few times in a person's life where they need the police after a traumatic event. And I had never needed the police before and blindly believed they would be there in my time of need. Uh, instead, they were an hour late. And to this day, I've never really looked into any of this at all. So like I said, I'm not even sure who did it because uh, I was blocking the whole time. It's one of the reasons I decided to cover this case. Uh, I can relate to the family in a very small degree. I also want to cover this episode because I remember watching this unfold. Uh, I remember feeling that there was something that made me follow this case. There was something uh, different about this girl. Uh, and I don't typically follow cases on the news. I, I listen to podcasts and I read articles later on. I don't really follow stuff, but this one here, I was obsessively looking on my Facebook feed for updates. I didn't know what it was about. Uh, I just needed to know what happened next. Is she okay? How could this happen to someone so young, so pretty, uh, near where I used to hang out, uh, just around the corner. I used to do comedy shows at a bar called spirits. I'm very familiar with this area. So you guys probably don't know this one. It's relatively new and it's solved pretty cleanly might be the word or not even that like i don't know it's solved anyway they know who did it and i think it made national news in canada maybe celeste i don't know did you hear about this i don't know what you're talking about so i don't know <laughs> it started from 2017 and it wrapped up somewhere in 2020 this is the story of the murder of tess ritchie uh, it has an unethical middle or controversial middle there's really actually just pockets of unethical shit right throughout this whole thing so that's what i'm calling it pockets it's going to be pockets of unethical stuff Travel size for your convenience. Exactly. Let's <laughs> let's eat this up. So Tess Ritchie was born uh, November 30th, 1994 in North Bay, Ontario. Now, Tyler, what year were you born in? 97. So you're, you'd be younger than her. Okay. 97? Shouldn't you be in bed with a juice box? Damn. <laughs> I was 17. Yeah. I was 17 in 97. <laughs> I, I was four, but it doesn't matter. I was four, 13, 14, 97. Yeah. I, I do this at shows all the time where I ask how, what uh, year someone's born and they go like 2001. I'm like, Oh my God. I, I already thought the world was going to end <laughs> once in 2001. You know what I mean? Tyler's only two years older than my daughter. Is she yeah. hot for Tyler's sake? Oh, he's married. 
Dude, that's a weird question. I mean, yes, she absolutely is, but that's a weird question. <laughs> she's a beauty. Is her name's Erin, right? Yeah, Erin. Heck yeah. yeah. She's by <laughs> God she's damn it. taken by a very talented man by the name of Chandler, who produces our intro music. Thanks, Chandler. Yeah. Okay. Um uh, just so you guys know, North Bay is my neck of the woods. It's uh, four hours north of Toronto, but four hours south for me. Uh, for me, it's the place you stop and eat and take a dump when you're driving to Toronto. So that's how I know North Bay. <laughs> it's about all it's good for, really. really. It's, got a que- it's got a sweet burger place, too, that we stop at. It's got nice washrooms, too. So fucking two, two birds, one stone. Wait, you, you sit on the toilet and eat at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's celiac, right? So it goes through him right away. It's the only time you can have a burger. <laughs> he's trying to save time. Come on. It's like when you eat a can of ravioli in the shower. Like sits backwards on the toilet eating cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you went the wrong way with that. I take a shit at the fucking uh, restaurant <laughs> while I'm ordering. I shit right on the fucking table, okay? Wow, and we thought the McDonald's that like, Nick, let Nick go to John jerk off for nine hours was bad. Oh. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, you you, someone written. didn't listen to our episode. No, he's behind two episodes. I haven't. I have. I'm, yeah. I'm behind two. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's where mom. Uh, it's where Tess's mom, Christine Hammerston, still lives. Uh, Tessie, as she was referred to her by her family, was the youngest of five girls. Uh, about Tess, her mom was quoted as saying, "Of course, I love all my children, but I'm just saying that she was my baby. Her sisters knew she was my favorite, and they had no problem. She was their favorite too. So this is typical youngest child. All right. So my brother's the youngest child, and he was everyone's favorite too." Uh, in my family, it didn't help that he Time. he was yeah. It didn't help that he was a ginger and he had f- cute ass fucking freckles. You know, I'm the fat curly haired kid. I get it. Uh, <laughs> With the beard, <laughs> yeah. between the two of you, who gets to go to heaven, right? That's that's the question. One of you has a soul. You know? Well, I'm not going to heaven either, cause hail Satan. Now, um, oh, okay. <laughs> and before you say anything, mom or grandma Cox, I have this to say. <laughs> One time, you bought my brother a PlayStation for a present on my birthday. Like, literally, my fucking birthday. So he knows this isn't a theory. Uh... We all know it's not a theory. Take that, Grandma. <laughs> so uh, other than that about Tess, uh, as far as I can find, pretty normal childhood, pretty normal gal. Five, sister, five sisters in a house. That must have been nuts growing up, but nothing too out of the ordinary. At the time, she was living in Toronto uh, with her two dogs. And she was studying at Seneca College with dreams of being a flight attendant and seeing the world. What happened to the dogs? The dogs, I don't know, but I'm assuming because her sister talks about them uh, in interviews. I think she must have taken them or someone took something. I I didn't investigate the dogs. Nothing bad happened to her dogs. Okay. As far as I know, like if something bad happened, it wasn't anything to do with what we're going to talk today. Anyways, uh, so she finished school in April. She bought Rosetta Stone so she could learn Italian. Uh, She was going to be a world traveler, you know, Uh, and Internet-based language learning and life in Toronto cost money, so she had many part-time jobs. She was considered a very hard worker by all her peers and her family. Uh, She even worked at a strip club as a waitress for a couple of weeks, then quit. Now, I only bring that up. I hold no judgment, but it comes up later in the story, okay? I bet it does. It definitely does. And for the future of the story, for other things that I should probably bring up that don't really need to be brought up, but they have to, uh, 
she was on an undetermined dating app for a short period of time. Like we all would be at 22. Okay. I don't know. Or is anybody on a dating app? I guess everyone's married except for Celeste. Do you do, you do uh, the... Uh, I have dating apps, but I, I I only use them to to be really mean to guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I single? <laughs> I know. Believe me. Well, that's funny. But anyways, like I said, I've never been on them, but I was married long before the Tinder was a thing. I don't know. I, I assume everyone at that age would be on them. So it's, it shouldn't even be brought up. This, anyways, it, but I have to. Um, so... Then comes November 25th, 2017, uh, 2017, uh, five days before her 23rd birthday. Uh, around this time, Tessie was freshly going through an emotional breakup with someone named Julian. Not much out there on Julian. I bet he can wipe his own ass. Damn it. I was about to say that. <laughs> oh. when, when did this all take place? Because like, I'm not familiar. You said it already, but I forget. You said it. 2017. 2017? Yeah. No, the end of 2017. Oh, I was, I was in a- I was in Alberta then, so that's maybe why. I yeah, it's probably. I don't think it made national news, but it was definitely a pretty big case, and you'll see why. So, uh, Tess spent that day with her older sister Rachel, uh, getting her mind off the breakup, talking, laughing. They were just generally having a nice day. Uh, Rachel was her only sister who lived in Toronto at the time, so they were very close. Uh, but for Tess, that night was about partying. She had uh, actually gotten in contact with an old friend from high school, Riley Samard. And they were going to meet downtown at a famous drag bar called Cruise and Tango. Uh, it's located at Church and Wellesley, also known as the Gay Village in Toronto. <laughs> I want to go. Yeah, fuck yeah. We all want to go. Uh, yeah. I think we need you to get in, don't we? Yeah. 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 No. You, need, <laughs> you need a token guy. Yes. I think so. <laughs> going to walk up there, Richard, holding your pocket. We're good. With a cart full of bananas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just just one bushel of bananas would be enough. Just one bushel. <laughs> huge bushel. <laughs> yeah, huge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice bar. Huge bushel. <laughs> oh god. Uh, all right. So Cruise and Tango is mentioned in almost every article. It's almost like the media was trying to taint this bar as a place where you can get too drunk and then get murdered afterwards. Like it was crazy. Usually like in most articles I read about crime, the article will mention the bar. Uh, like they might mention the bar, but usually the article names the street and where the murder happened on. And then insert street name here in front of a bar. Like they would say on church yeah. street in front of a bar. If they mention the bar at all, they might even just go like, at church street like they might not even say the bar yeah. so I, it was weird how they kept bringing up cruise and tango like wow how many times in one article like seemed like there was something else about this bar they're trying to fuck with i don't know though it just seemed weird like really weird well, it's obviously because it's a drag bar you know all the degenerates hang out in drag yeah, bars that's, that's so what gets the clicks obviously gets the, the people watching right or, or reading or, or whatever right people yeah Cause like, yeah, that was another thing they kept saying it was a famous drag bar. It's like, just call it a fucking bar. You jackasses. It's not the main focus of what's happening. I'm offended. All right. So during this time period as well, uh, serial killer, Bruce MacArthur was active killing gay people of color in the gay village. Uh, and the Toronto police were not even acknowledging that there was a serial killer on the loose or even that missing men cases were related. The cops were using there's no evidence either way defense. So they were saying That's like a crazy story on its own far out. 
the the Bruce MacArthur stuff, I could go on for hours. Uh, we maybe another episode, but it needs to be touched on here because it actually is part of the story, which is fucked, right? This intertwines with a serial killer at a certain point. Uh, they yeah, the cops kept saying there was no evidence either way whether it is a serial killer or not. There's no link, but it could be, but it probably isn't, but it could be. Uh, there's no evidence uh, except for the gay people of color going missing. Going like there's yeah. something jackasses. It's, you know it's what crazy I mean? how the, the culture can influence how the media reports things too, right? Like with that, mm-hmm. that going on, I imagine it would probably affect the way. And that's why they mentioned this club by name so many times because of how culturally people viewed everything. For sure. There's no there's yeah. no reason they can't put more patrol or anything. They were saying nothing different. They were keeping it normal when shit was actually happening. If there's a there's a I forget what website it's on. I'll, I'll give it in the show notes after. But there's a map of like uh, all the people that were going missing during that time. And it's staggering in that area. It's crazy. See, see most of them. OK, I'll explain a little bit more here. So most of them were immigrants. So a lot of them were assumed to have gone back to their country. Or even deported back to their country. There'd be documentation yeah. of that. Yes, yeah. but it's so backlogged, and they say that they the cops just didn't bother. Honestly, uh, wouldn't wouldn't these cops just love it if there if that were true? Uh, that would certainly make their jobs easier. Uh, no murders here, just the wheels of immigration turning. There was a lot of stuff that people were uh, like, yeah, like I said, a lot of them were immigrants, and that's what they were saying. Like, oh, they probably just went back to their country. I, I, I agree with you. It was just a lot of work and they did not want to do it. First of all, they were people of color and they were gay in a place they didn't give a fuck about. So yeah. in 2017, though, that's bonkers. Uh, it started uh, actually Bruce MacArthur started killing and uh, taking people. They don't know how far back, but they know for sure from 2010 up until 2018. Even so that's from, bonkers. That's what I'm saying. From 2010 and before that or from 2017 to 2010, they had lots of people missing during that. I think he got 14 people in that time. That's just him alone. And they didn't give yeah. a fuck. They did not care. It's mm-hmm. so crazy. So anyway, so Tess and her friend go to the club to get wasted. Uh, while testifying, Riley says her memory is spotty on that night. Uh, and some of the surveillance corroborates this too. She stumbles into a bouncer. Uh, she's, she's a little too drunk. They're both hammered. So uh, they were out to get fucked up. And they did. Rightly so. Breakups suck, especially when you're 22. No shame on them for that. They got fucking hammered, and that's what they wanted to do that night. So good for them. That's the first thing I would do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly. <clears throat> it's the first thing I would do now as a 37-year-old man, a 22-year-old, when you have way more freedom in life, you could get hammered all day. You know what I mean? Word. <laughs> Word, she says, yeah. All right. Uh, they left the club around last call. Some accounts say they were basically kicked out around 2.15 by the bouncer after Tess was arguing with him. Uh, could be she was arguing with him because he was kicking her out. Who knows? Uh, it wasn't a huge deal. Didn't look like it from the surveillance tape. Uh, it just looked like when you're at last call and you're trying to get another drink, you know? And they're just like, nah, get out of here. And they were like directing her out of the bar. They weren't like kicking her out necessarily, like she was being belligerent, but just time to go. They were outside after last call. Uh, and you know how the club is after last call. Everyone's like leaving, lingering, chatting, getting street meat. Uh, and this is around the time that Tess and Riley meet our douchebag of the episode, Kalen Schlatter. I'm not going to keep it a secret, make it a big shock. His name is Kalen Schlatter. He's a dick. And we'll explain why. So at uh, 2.20, Riley and Tess were seen walking up Church Street out of the view of the club cameras. A few minutes later, Schlatter is seen walking by himself behind the girls like a little fuckhead stalker. This guy's a fucking predator, okay? He's one of these assholes that look for girls that are too drunk outside the bar after last call so we can offer them a place to stay for the night. Oh, the Canadian Brock Turner. 
<laughs> basically there's there's actually like a very close resemblance to Brock Turner, except for Brock Turner got caught. That's yeah, that's that could have been ended the same fucking way, honestly. So a little further up uh, on a different camera, Schlatter is seen on surveillance with the girls. So he, he saw them caught up to them. Weird. At trial, Schlatter testifies that he was heading to Pizza Pizza when he ran into them. And he claims Riley recognized him from the club and introduces him to Tess. Uh, let me let you guys in on a little secret. There's a fuck ton of footage. All right. It's actually amazing and scary how much footage there is. Uh, between the street cameras, the club camera, and even ATM cameras, they get Tess's last few hours pointed down pretty fucking good. So I can't imagine anyone in the city being able to escape this. Uh, there's cameras literally everywhere. So if you're scared of getting chipped, don't be. You're basically already chipped. It's harder for them now. Yeah, I agree. But they can still track you and keep tabs on you without the chip. All you need is a cell phone. 5G's already in us. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's always angrily writing on his Facebook wall about the chips. Like, dude, you're, you're on Facebook. Like, what are you... <laughs> I was told I was chipped because I got the COVID vaccine. Oh, I was like, oh, is that I must how be they do then. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, apparently. We both are. My gut reaction to COVID vaccine was not chip. It was definitely like patient zero of zombie apocalypse. The T-virus. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm waiting for here. I'm waiting for it to, <laughs> it to start the zombie apocalypse here. Oh, hold on, guys. I'm not feeling too good. Yeah. Well, that's you're twitching. down there, so we're good up oh. here and over there. I'm uh I'm booked in to get my vaccine though, guys. Nice. I'll probably let be us know how that goes. I'm so glad everyone got it. Coming for you. Uh, all right. So, uh, in the club footage, Schlatter seen lighting Riley's cigarette. That's it. One interaction. One time when she's looking for a lighter. Once on the footage, and that's the only interaction they have before the encounter outside of Pizza Pizza. So, for Riley to have been the one who interacted first seems very suspicious to me. Kids say sus. Sus. Yeah, that seems very sus. Red sus. I'll try to remember that as I'm going through this. So uh, right after this meetup, Tess is seeing hailing a cab and Kaylin waving it off because, quote, from Mass Clown's testimony at trial, it was holding up traffic <laughs> like more predator shit. He, she probably just wanted to go. And he's like, no, no, no. Let me buy you some street meat. And then she went, OK, whatever. And then not long after, there are seeing an ATM footage eating street meat chatting as they walk past yeah so at about 3 a.m a couple blocks down the trio run into michelle teep who is sitting on her porch getting some air in the early morning hours i'm guessing this means smoking a joint after a night at the bar but whatever uh mm -hmm. tess and martin teep talk for 20 minutes and riley says uh she has to go after texting with her boyfriend so when they're chatting with her her friend goes i gotta go my boyfriend keeps texting me uh probably a jealous asshole boyfriend who's scared his girlfriend is out with other guys uh, all while Schlatter was lurking quietly behind them, not saying much, except to reassure Teep that Tess was safe and to say, and I quote, I've got this to Riley when she wanted to leave. Uh, according to Dickless Schlatter, Tess was upset by Riley leaving and kept walking up the street. So, yeah. Now, okay, here's the first thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit here. I don't want to shame Riley. All right. I really don't. But who, because who thinks that their friend's going to be murdered in an hour or less? But goddamn. Never leave your friends alone with strangers downtown Toronto where there's a serial killer suspected to be. Rule number one at my house. She's not gay or of color. So or is she of color? That doesn't matter. There's a serial killer. 
she's she is not she's definitely as white as they come she's from our neck of the woods tyler well yeah so why would she think that she would be a a victim or you know she's not a colored gay okay at 4 a.m downtown any city would you leave your friend drunk as fuck yeah oh man i i don't know i've been left at 4 a.m drunk as fuck downtown in edmonton several times yeah but you look like you could bite the head off a bat (laughs) (laughs) yes i do have resting but okay seriously let's talk about this then i let a friend go alone once and i regretted it i was like oh god she's gonna get murdered but I was like, as soon as we got in this car to go to this after party, it wasn't 4 a.m. It was still, like still late, but still that. Yeah, still late. Mm-hmm. Bars close. Um, and like, I just got a gut feeling in the car and I'm like, hey, I don't think I want to go. And she's like, well, I do. And I'm like, I think you should get out. I'm going to get out because they're about to pull away. And she didn't get out, but she's fine. OK, <laughs> I talk to her today. <laughs> I thought she the story didn't die. was like, OK, as it's happening. <laughs> I regretted it though, is what I'm saying. Would you risk gay? Like knowing that this is not a gay person of color, would you still risk knowing that maybe that night you see him catch a gay person of color and he just kills you because you caught him doing it? Like there's I would be too scared to leave a friend, especially at four in the morning at Insta City, whether or not there's a serial killer running around or not. I I, I personally would. I if your friends did that to you, Celeste, I'm sorry. That your friends did that I would never even if you were like really drunk that's what I mean this is why I forgive this is this is why I forgive Riley I feel bad for her because she doesn't even remember the fucking night she doesn't even remember leaving Tess especially too if your freaking dumbass boyfriend is texting you like just message after message and you're like okay now I gotta focus on this and you're not firing at 100% you're okay you've we've moved on to this right and it's unfortunate was she still talking to that other girl at the same time yeah. that she that yeah Riley left so she was kind of, she was with two other people. She wasn't alone with this asshole guy. She was talking to another girl at the same time. So she kind of felt like, she probably felt like she was safe. And like I said, this is why I forgive her because honestly, who, first of all, we've all taken risk for reward. Reward being I get to get home quicker. I take the risk. It's not that high in my opinion, right? We've all taken risk for reward. And she was so drunk, she doesn't even remember it, which isn't an excuse Mm -hmm. for murder or anything like that. So it's not really an excuse for leaving your friend. But I mean, at the same time, come on, who thinks their friend's going to get killed? I can't hold her. I can't hold her for it. I can't, I can't like Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. She probably feels terrible enough as it is, but Jesus. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people hold her responsible too, which sucks. It's not her fault. No, I know. Uh, and I know that's the gut reaction yeah, for everyone. That's shitty. why I brought it up, right? But I have a solution for her. If your boyfriend's texting you like that at night and wants you to come home and you're friends with a stranger, offer a threesome. Go home with your friend and have a threesome with your boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If he was mad before, he won't be now. He won't be mad now, right? And I know it's your childhood friend and be like sharing your man with your sister. But if that's what it takes to keep your friend safe, you scissor your sister. Oh, no. <laughs> seconded oh no oh no yeah cut it the step that's it can i tell you something funny that's written down on a piece of paper (laughs) richard you should be ashamed (laughs) grandma cox is gonna be so disappointed in you yeah i i god damn it all right so riley leaves and she's seen on the street footage walking away from the area where tess and kaylin are Uh, Tess is seen walking in a different direction with, and I quote the prosecutor on the case, Kaylin trailing well behind her. So he creeped up behind her again, the creepy fuck. Uh, Even though they'd already established contact? Yeah. He backed up just to creep (laughs) on her again? 
What a weird you vote, I guess. Ah. Some people. Yeah, I guess he was still talking to Michelle, and she just, I'm going home. She oh. was mad at her friend, right? Because she left. So she darted off, and he was like, Well, I guess I got to go. Oh, don't worry. He probably went, I'll, I'll take care of her. Don't worry. And then he like ran up, but like on the footage, it just looks like he's creeping up on her again. So not, not good for his case. Uh, this is where Tess calls an Uber at 402. Uh, a few minutes later, Schlatter and Richie are seen sitting beside each other on a park bench nearby. Uh, Schlatter said she looked upset after a fight with Riley and decided to go sit beside her to console her, which ends in her ignoring phone calls to talk to him and her asking him to kiss her. We've all. OK, yes, but I'm I don't know, maybe not. I've done it right? for sure. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, like for sure. Like, yeah, I have. I, I. I personally, like just from reading all this stuff, I don't think that's true uh, just because I've seen the footage and you can't really see. It's very grainy, but it doesn't look like it. Uh, it, it honestly, it looks like he was sitting there putting his arm around her, talking to her. None of this is according to anyone else. It's according to him because there's no footage of this. It's very grainy and it's very far away. And by the way, he's acting this whole time. He's acting like a starving dog circling the table for scraps. You know what I mean? A drunken Tess Ritchie was this late night post-bar table scraps. He wasn't uh, there to console her. He was there to try and kiss her and bring her home. Like, that's what he was doing. So he was pushing moves. I believe that for sure. She wasn't ignoring phone calls to talk to him. She was making phone calls to get an Uber. She's already gotten a... F- she was trying to go home already twice. Okay. And he like stopped her from going home in whatever way he stopped her. Okay. So for him to, for her to now suddenly be like, now I'm interested. I don't know. Maybe you could be right. Celeste. He could, she could have kissed him. She could have said that you never fucking know. It's just, it's according to him. And I don't believe him. That's the thing. I just don't believe this guy. Okay. I just thought because you said she was ignoring her phone. Well, that's what I figured if she was ignoring her phone, she's probably into this guy. He's saying that she was, this is what he's saying at court. Uh, in reality, she just called an Uber. Like she just called one. Like she wasn't ignoring. It was probably the Uber calling her to be like, I'm close by. You know what I mean? Oh, so, so, but like her phone records didn't show that she missed a bunch of calls or anything. Oh, okay. not at all. I misunderstood. No, no, that's my fine. Bad. This is perfect. I, my opinion's in line with you now. I've, I've yeah. switched over to the other side. Yeah. But you never, but know. you're right though. It might be fucking true because I've done that too. in like a weird desperation move at night. Just kiss some random dude that stalks you. Just kiss me. I, yeah, I totally <laughs> tried to kiss a random dude. <laughs> oh, man, you, you make really shitty decisions after you've broken up from someone, especially if the relationship yeah. was, yeah, especially if the relationship was super important to you. And, you know, everything just goes out the window. You're just like, well, fuck it. Sure. Like, what else have I got to, to do now, you know? Can we go back for a second to the cabs? Yeah. You said he's, he's, sent away three cabs no i i changed my mind i said twice she was trying to get like they're trying to go to get a streetcar to go home he stopped her there okay then she waved in a cab he said it was blocking the street wave that away okay who said that he he said that in court that he sent it away he, yeah he said in court he he waved away because you can see it in the footage you can see the cab in the footage and you see him going like go away and they're like why'd you do that he's like it was blocking traffic which is like outrageous she called it, not him. Why the fuck would he? Okay, like, okay. Who cares? Perfect. Can you tell me how long they've spent together at this point? An hour and a half. So about 2.20 is when he asked for the light outside. And then he ran into her. They're leaving the bar. So 2.20, it's about 4 o'clock in the morning now. So an hour 45. 20 of those minutes were spent talking to that drunk chick outside. 
the other bunch was getting street meat and chit chatting, walking up the street to the next area to go home kind of deal. So what is what is street meat? Hot dog carts that are outside of the bars. They're out downtown Toronto. It's called street meat. At four in the morning, always. Oh yeah, all night, yeah. all day, all night. Yeah. Especially outside the, especially outside clubs when they close down because everyone comes out and wants to eat once they're donairs, man. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, donairs oh, are yeah. so good. Oh yeah. Anyways, sorry to derail your question there, Celeste. No, that's fine. They'd been spent. They'd spent an hour and a half together. Did Riley say why when she left that? Uh, Tess didn't go with her. She says she doesn't even remember leaving her. Oh, so nobody knows why she stayed. No, she okay. doesn't even know why she left. She doesn't. She remembers waking up at home and being like, "What? What happened last night?" You know, you have those fucking bad nights, like grayouts. I don't call yeah. them blackouts, where you kind of like have spots of the night. That's kind of how she describes her night in court. I wish I knew, because I kind of feel again like if she did choose to stay and not go with her, then it makes it more believable that she allowed him to kiss her. Yeah, for sure. Oh well, I guess we'll never know. The, the thing, too, if this guy is one of those guys who consistently looks for drunk women after they left the club or whatever, he's going to be really good at manipulating. That's going to be his mm-hmm. thing. He's going to be he's going to excel at it. Right. So spending that time with them leading up to that point, like it's possible. It's it's definitely a good way to think about it, but you're going to find out very soon that this guy is not the brightest fucking... If he was manipulating girls, maybe, and then he's, he can't manipulate anybody else, maybe, but... Uh, okay, two more questions. Sorry. Sure, yeah. Was he attractive? <laughs> no, he he's like a little dorky kid. He's super, like, scrawny. He has that big, floppy, like, pompadour kind of <laughs> hair on the front that was, like, you know what I mean? Like, the sideways, straight, yeah. short on the side uh button up collar kind of like shaven he was a construction worker so i bet you he was like wiry but he was he looked scrawny he looked like oh i don't know how to explain he's it a he mi- looked, he's a mr us a perfect picture yeah. of him so yeah you kind of are so looking at him do you think she would have been intimidated by this guy at no all? no 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 yeah okay. uh i should actually have checked how tall how big you because like in pictures you can't really tell right by what i look at no there's no fucking way you're intimidated by this guy hey he's such a weed look at him oh good lord not what i pictured at all yeah he looks like like mr rogers the millennial <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing. So yeah, no, not at all. A dork. He was a dork. He looks like a dork to me. So definitely not intimidating at all to look at. Yeah. Okay. No. All right. Okay. So this part's going to muddy up the waters a little bit here uh, and it'll add to our conversation maybe. So at this point it was 4.14 AM and there's footage of them walking hand in hand uh, up a gravel driveway. Uh, The prosecution's theory is that he offered to walk her to her Uber and held her hand because she was wearing high heels and there was a lot of gravel that they were walking on. So he probably went, oh, here, hold my hand. Let's walk across. Or maybe they just wanted to hold hands. Maybe she was down with it. That's I agree. No. I muddied waters. Like I said, by what we hear further on at the end of the episode, like I'm glad you guys are saying this now at the end of the episode, tell me if you change your mind. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm on the other side, but I've, I've, I know too much. So uh, the area that they were last seen together was a dead end. Uh, the building they were going beside was under construction and all around it was fenced in. Like, when, you know, when it's construction on the side of a city, like there's fucking giant fences, like it was fenced in. He couldn't walk her to her Uber. Uh, he, sorry. He couldn't walk with her to her Uber uh, if he actually wanted to. It was a fucking corner. He was luring her to a place she couldn't escape. Uh, so you guessed it. The Uber shows up at 414, but Tess did not. 
Uh, it's so frustrating because uh, she's dead and can't tell us what happened after this point at all. Uh, all we have is Schlatter, and I don't believe anything this fuckhead has to say. Uh, he says they made out in the stairwell and heavy petting started to happen. At this point, he asked if they could have sex, but she said no because she was on her period. <laughs> then he claims he comes his pants like a prepubescent boy just learning about himself. This is clearly a lie. Uh, she just wanted to go. I'm sure of it. And then there's 45, uh, 45 minutes pass, and then there's footage later of Schlatter walking out by himself. Uh, the area that was a one way with no other way out uh, by himself. So let's back up a bit here. Tess and Rachel were close. Uh, like Tess and all her sisters were really close, but Tess and Rachel were really close and her whole family were very close. Actually, if you read into this stuff. Uh, so the next day, none of them had heard from Tess. Okay. That was very out of character. Tess had actually texted Rachel that night when they got to cruise and tango. I'm saying to say cruise and tango a bunch. Cause that's what we're doing. It's a good yeah, bar. That's it. why I'm saying it's a fucking sweet place to go. Wait, 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 wait. Cruise and tango, cruise and tango. C and T the bar is literally called cunt. <laughs> Love it. I don't know if it's Tango and Cruise now. I fucking, I don't know if you got me all fucked up here. Uh, it's one of the two. I hope it's kind It is now. <laughs> it is now. But anyway, so uh, she actually, when she got to the bar, she texted her sister to tell her she was okay. So usually she's a pretty quick to text back kind of person, right? Uh, so Rachel texted her in the morning to see how she was. No response. Uh, but this could be normal after a long night of partying. Uh, but soon morning turned into afternoon. Uh, and by 6.30, Rachel started to worry. Uh, she started to call Tess's phone and went straight to voicemail. Then she noticed that her texts weren't even getting through. Uh, then she started to call all of her friends. No one had seen her. Panic started to set in. The phone calls of the hospital started. And after nothing had been found, the police were called. So the next day, the police started looking for her. Uh, at about 3.45 p.m., constables Alan McCullough and Michael Jones get a call to look around the area Tess was last seen. It was also where they were patrolling that day. So it's not like they had to go out of their way. Uh, after backtracking her steps and canvassing the area, they found nothing. This is what they say. They canvassed and backtracked her steps. They found nothing. After this, uh, there were many missing persons notices on social media. Uh, this is where I started to hear about the case. Tess has relations in the small town I live near. Her cousins are from Cochrane, and we're looking for her. And I remember feeling so bad because I knew there were people already going missing from that area. Like I said, I'd been around that area recently enough and i knew it was a thing and then there was news reports of her missing uh were a thing too and in one of the articles early on tess was linked to the sex trade which is completely false and shame on you news outlets you fucking assholes it's it's because she worked at the brass rail the strip club for two Jesus. weeks so they said she was in the sex trade uh so they reported that early on while they're looking for her and they say that it was from uh, a police informant. I doubt that, but maybe uh, it just probably sounds better to call her a sex worker. And then that makes it easier for the cops to give zero fucks about her, right? Yeah. It's just another hooker. It's easier to forget someone. So they just didn't bother looking for her because they found out she worked at the brass rail and decided whatever. We'll get to it when we get to it. They thought she was turning tricks through a dating app, which I'm guessing they mean uh, Craigslist, but they didn't say that specifically. Uh, but yeah, so they think they said she was doing that. She wasn't, she was on a dating app. Her sister said she was on a dating app for a couple months and that's it. So the reason, the fact I have to even bring up a fucking dating app and the fact she worked at a strip club just shows the fucking prejudice coming from the media and the police on this already right off the top. 
she was a person okay it bugs me it bugs me a lot actually that's why they kept saying talking about the drag club because they're just linking the fact that she worked at a strip club with the drag club so obviously she's a dirty degenerate so why would anyone care about her exactly that's i hate it what what drives me nuts about that that whole thing is like the the mentality where like women dress this way so they were asking like this has been happening for centuries crappy men have been doing disgusting terrible things since Mm -hmm. the dawn of time it has nothing to do with how they're dressed right now has to do with terrible people don't use that as a scapegoat drives me nuts in fact it's gonna come up later in the episode but i'm gonna say it now anyway i have my distrust with the police but uh, the fact what you're just saying is the only reason is the reason we have police and the, re- the only reason there's more not more terrible assholes doing terrible shit. So we need police. So I can't hate the police. You know, I have to appreciate them because you're right. It's an ever ending thing with guys. It's embarrassing, really. Being a guy in this day and age. It's sad. It's fucking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing to be a dude sometimes, especially with the stupid shit that dudes do unnecessarily yeah i feel like we're like moon jumping you know it's like we're no gravity jumping to her being a sex worker exactly yeah for sure there's no basis to make that assumption off of so she got one paycheck i'm very confused yeah Yeah, and just a little i'm a bit behooved i'm not surprised by this at all you're not surprised by this at all celeste no, I mean, if we have to put a law in place that you can't bring up a rape victim's past sexual history, I really don't think that this is surprising at all. That is yeah. a law, yeah, right? It is yeah. now. It's, it's awful. It's, it, this guy, okay, anyways, we'll keep going here. Four days later after the disappearance, uh, Monday, November 29th, her mom and her best friend, her mom's best friend, I forgot to write her name down. I kept meaning to write down, uh, drove up to Toronto in hopes of helping find her uh tess's mom went looking in the neighborhood where tess lived in scarborough uh but she said she couldn't feel her presence uh tess also had a fitbit that i didn't tell you guys about and it was linked to her mother somehow uh, i don't know if it was for payment of something i don't know but uh and it stopped tracking you can her share movement. accounts yeah so she had it shared with her mom i guess and it stopped tracking movement near church in wellesley the gay village uh and this is where Tess's Uber was supposed to pick her up too. And Tess's account was also linked to her mom's credit card. So they knew that. So they headed down to exactly where the Uber was supposed to pick her up and where the Fitbit last tracked her, uh, right down the gay village. And lo and behold, Christine and her friend found Tess 40 meters from her last known location. Again, where the cops said they'd already looked uh, and it didn't take them long either. She shouldn't have had to find Tess like that. I do remember feeling the needing of police and them not delivering. Uh, mine was over stupid shit. I can't believe what Christine had to feel like. Um, probably the one time in her life she actually needed police. And that's where I'm going to end episode one. So let's talk about it. <laughs> the police all said that they already looked there. Yeah, they sent out cops. Well, here's what happened. Okay. So they sent police at 345 the next day. They dispatched them. The guys were supposed to go out there and look. They said they did, but they didn't report it to their supervisor. Okay. Uh, so there's no proof of them actually doing it. And clearly they didn't do a very good job, but they definitely said, yep, we did that. That was on our checklist. Checklist done. Yeah. Oh man. I feel like, I feel like she maybe wasn't there when the cops were looking and then, you know, shit hit the fan. 
and then she ended up dead and then was put there later and maybe i don't know i mean i don't know i haven't looked anything into this but yeah well that uh is an impossibility actually because of where the camera was placed when he walked in uh is a dead end you can't get out from there without that camera catching you again okay the only way you could do it is scale a giant fence that was in the way and you can't climb over the fence with a body and chuck someone there it's impossible uh so he was a construction worker and he left her in a construction site yeah wow yeah that seems a little a little heavily tied sketch together (laughs) yeah uh his dad was a his dad's a construction guy and uh he's worked in that area before is what one of the articles said so that's that's probably the site he was on have you said later on as you find out he's not very bright there that might be one of those there's no link to the site with him really just the fact that he works construction and he would know he would know that that side you couldn't get out of it right he would know by just looking up and seeing how the uh, street looks he could go i know where there was a shortcut right there and then he bring her right through to a place where she was fucking stuck so uh, yeah what do you guys think about the mom having to come up four hours from a different town to come find her fucking kid in a (sighs) that that makes me feel sick. Like the thought, the thought of seeing my girl, because Erin's the same age. Erin's twenty one, so she's around the same age as Tess. The thought of me physically having to discover my girl like that just—I can't even imagine for that mum. You know, it's just so distressing. She was the baby. You know, like you said, she was everyone's favorite. She was the baby of the family, and. Oh God, I can't even think about it. I was gonna say, like it just to to think of the the impact it would have on a family where uh for example, uh someone's son or daughter gets killed by a drunk driver and the officer knocks on their door, you've seen the commercial, right? And it's just like they drop the milk or the, the cup and it, it explodes or yeah. whatever. But like the the impact that has on a family versus having to drive four yeah. hours, like Richard had said, to then find your your daughter had been murdered like like the difference between it's already devastating and this whole extra level added on top of it is just i i can't even imagine what it would be like yeah yeah well and knowing that that whatever the police said oh we already checked and then to wonder like am i wasting time by going and double checking like what if she's somewhere else and i'm just wasting time here i legit honestly don't think that the police told them not to go look for her or say it was a waste of time or anything that's probably why they went to her house first because they said we checked downtown you know what i mean we already checked downtown yeah the the unfortunate thing too like i'm not an officer i'm friends with a few people who are and it's just like depending when the call came in like you said they were dispatched late afternoon right it might have been those two officers friday and like like it was said you know oh she's just some person some hooker or whatever and they wouldn't be as attentive and they wouldn't be doing their job like they're supposed to be right and it, yeah. it sucks because this that is a that is a job where you can't you can't have that you know friday afternoon shift you have to be clocked in it's not friday till the end of your day and it's it, it could be something mm-hmm. that, it could also be bad police work did the police know that she went missing after drinking i'm yeah i'm gonna assume for sure it's rachel called them and she was saying Originally, when she started calling the ambulance or the hospital, she was just seeing if she got put in the drunk tank or if she had to get her stomach pumped, right? So she was calling the police not to report her missing probably at first. It was probably to say, hey, has this person been arrested? Should I come bail her out? Yeah, I wonder if they hadn't known 
maybe would they have taken it a little more seriously if they'd said, oh, she was walking home from church and she never showed up and the cops would have had a fire lit under their ass about yeah. it. Uh, there's there's probably a million reasons and we'll find out later on. Uh, still not resolved on the police side of things, how this is going to play out. So this is why I'm thankful that there's people like me in the world. Like you guys are all intimidated by Celeste, but then you guys, you guys haven't actually met me in person. If someone were following me and a friend, I would be turning around and screaming at that guy in the face. Like, I don't care. I'm calling, I'm calling shit out. If I feel threatened or scared, well, my past history, obviously, like I'm hypervigilant, um, you know, kind of always looking over my shoulder in the first place. And that's why I had so, such immense guilt leaving that friend in the car, but she's fine. <laughs> Shout out Serena. I love you. I'll never leave you again. But yeah, it, I told the guys we were with, I'm like, if I hear anything, I'm coming after both of you. So I'm protective. Like being the youngest, I'm going to say like, we are the like protectors of the family. And I guarantee yeah. you Tess was probably the same way because she had so many siblings. I bet you she was just like, you know what? I'm the happy go lucky one, but I also want you all to be happy. You know, we're kind of like the everyone get together now yeah, I, I, so we can hang out and party. She was the glue. They, they say that a lot too. She was the thing that's how everyone's not speaking as much as they used to and all that kind of stuff. So there is a big part of that too. I agree. She was probably the, the everyone is linked together by the cute little kid. They all basically raised together. Cause like Verena and uh, Tess's age difference. I think she was like 38 when she was 22. So it was like 16 years or something like, or 14 years. I can't remember exactly. I'd have to look at it, but it's a, it's a huge age difference. So she probably looked at her like her kid almost too. Right. So like the sister's, uh, I feel oh for sure like diapered her and everything yeah so it's almost like we have to return the favor in a way because my siblings are changing my diapers I mean they're only seven yeah. and three years older than I am I'm exactly the same Aaron's um Aaron just had her 21st in December just gone and um and I was way over the other side just I was talking to Bobby and some <laughs> and some other people and all of a sudden I just hear Aaron mom and i'm like what's going on and she just she comes walking up to me she's like mom these fucking guys have gate crashed they've come in there they've come in and they're not even supposed to be here so i'm like okay and i'm just like you know and bobby's trying to grab me my arm and and then my dad started following me and it was so funny because i i just went up to him i'm like get the fuck out <laughs> like who are you you don't know my daughter you don't know my daughter's friend whose party it is so fuck off. And this guy was like, I'm, I'm nearly six foot, but this guy was like six foot five, huge, huge. And I went to grab his arm and I'm like, oh, you're, you're really muscly. But anyway, get the fuck out of my daughter's party. And after it all calmed down, I just said to Aaron, you're so hilarious. You just, you walk past both your grandfather's your dad, your boyfriend, <laughs> and all of his mates and came to me. Who knows? You don't mess with an angry mom. That's just the way it is. Yeah. It's so funny that you guys think I'm the scary one. Because <laughs> that's not my style at all. I never get up in somebody's fucking face. Let's just be wide-eyed. Let's just be wide-eyed <laughs> while I'm screaming at somebody. And then Richard and Christy just like each take a shoulder and just shove a person down. <laughs> I'm just yeah. manipulative. I don't get in people's faces. If they like come into like my business, yeah. I'm like, hey, what's up? 
like, good to meet you. And then if they start getting weird about it, I'm like, wow, no one ever really taught you how to talk to women, huh? You know, I have the business. I run a charm school for the low cost of, and I like, I'll pitch like (laughs) to give me money for some bullshit. Or I'll be like, oh yeah, like I have this really weird kink though. I don't know if you'd be into it. And they'd be like, what is it? And I'd be like, I'm really into like, shitting in a diaper and then eating it with not <laughs> and they're like no oh my god like, like why are you wasting my time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what i do and it's the same thing with my friends i'll like show up and be like babe did you find one and my friend will be like what and i'd be like did you find a third and the dude will be like for what and i'll be like human sacrifice oh that's amazing obviously and then they'll fuck off but I'm, I don't, like, get in people's faces like that. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, me, I'm I'm the guy that does that. I poke <laughs> I like chaos, and then I forget that people don't like chaos like I like it, and then I calm them down. I have both sides. I can get yeah. them riled up, and I can bring them down. I've, I've, I've seen oh, you, you do that. You your ass beat by five dudes. Well, I didn't even do I Usually, I would <laughs> admit that if it was my fault, I did shit for that. I did no reason to get beat up there. It was my friend. I thought you were too drunk to know who they even were. No, I How was blocking like you? this over my eyes. But you said it was the night before that they came to your house, and you said you were too drunk to remember who they even were. No, 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 not that. Or was I, was I wrong? No, I, wrong? I didn't say that. I said I I what I said was I can't I couldn't see them because of my face I was blocking using blocking blows I couldn't see who the fuck it was I was getting foot in the face and that's yeah, why you broke my Alma doing again. that shit I I was I could have remembered if I would have seen them but I couldn't see them because I was fucking you should have seen my face I wish it was the time of now where we all had phones on us and shit we'd have like a thousand pictures well if I, you would have got the vaccine and chipped it would have been recorded through your eyes see 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 get the <laughs> chip get the chip get the chip boys. Right, guys that's it for part one join us on saturday for part two of the tess richie case check out our website for links to subscribe on your favorite podcast apps follow us on facebook and instagram at unethical podcast and become a patron on patreon for early access to episodes at the five dollar level and unedited videos of episode recordings at the ten dollar level we don't have twitter twitter is stupid <laughs> And if you like this episode, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, If you hated this episode, also rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and just write a really mean review. I'm really excited for these. Shimmy, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Baby, I got your money. Hey, dirty.